so way back in the dawn of time when I uh, first got into soccer, uh, it was I had watched the 2006 World Cup and like wanted a way into soccer. I realized I could like I know I don't don't give me that look, Rodrigo. <laughs> I only discovered soccer for real in 2006, and I wanted to find a team so I could watch this more regularly. And that team was Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota is going to be hosting a big game between that team, Tottenham Hotspur, AC Milan. Uh, you know, a lot of you like grew up watching AC Milan or things like that, or or know about these teams. Uh, and July 31st at U.S. Bank Stadium, you have the opportunity to go see them, take the family out. It's like it's huge. There's going to be a, just a ton of people out to watch. Um, you know, kind of the stars of Europe out there, as well as like a bunch of young guys. You've got Mauricio Pochettino, uh, amazing coach. You've got some guy who probably coaches AC Milan. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I just want to like give a plug, uh, a sincere plug about how excited I am about this game. And I think that a lot of people in the Twin Cities are going to come out to this. So go check out 55.1 at the top. There's a banner. You can go find tickets and, uh, and you know, I'll see you out there. Here we are on the 55.1 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, and I am pleased to be back. It's it's the Fantastic Four, everyone. We've got Alex Schieferdecker on the phone, tri- trivia master Alex Schieferdecker, uh, uh, basically the star of you know Ray Fiennes from Quiz Show uh, in Philadelphia. Hey, man, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 we got second place last week. Um, we are on a string of second place finishes, so we have now finished second three times in a row. And you know what? That's fine. That's better than finishing outside of the top three and not getting a gift card. It's still Champions League, man. It is still Champions League. Yeah. So, um, so uh, what is what's the worst category for you guys? What what do you need to? Who do you need to find to uh, to fill out your team? Well, frankly, I'm the anchor on the team because all of our quest, all the questions are about pop culture and TV and movies, and that those are things I know nothing about. So one day, though, I'm convinced that the trivia category is going to be like urban planning, facts and figures, and then we're going to just nail it. I think you and I have a different <laughs> definition of an- the word anchor. Uh, but, <laughs> well, um, Eric Silverbrenneman. You're here with us. How are you, hey, man? I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. That, that was hilarious. Uh, Rodrigo <laughs> Sanchez-Cheveria, uh, you are here. Uh, you two, uh, Eric and Rodrigo, you guys are the official like trademark nerds of this group. Hmm. If we are the Fantastic Four, I'm assuming that I'm Mr. Fantastic here, right? <laughs> I've got the long, stretchy limbs. I'm a doctor. I've got gray hair. That's pretty much... So then divvy the three of you, you guys up. Well, Alex, made, when, he just had dibs on on the Human Torch, which is fine. That's, she for decorated? That's yeah. He just did that off 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 air here, and that's fine. I was I was gonna go for that as well. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm happy to go with Sue Storm for the simple fact that I think she's actually the most badass and has the coolest powers. So I'm okay with that. So I'm just the thing. You are the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I extremely disagree. It's clobbering time, amigo. What uh, should be the thing? Because he likes to get into verbal arguments with anything walking. So clobbering. clobbering time. <laughs> it is clobbering. Alex makes the most analytical and Mr. Fantastic. You're giving him. He's Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. You could be the Human Torch. And I can be sued. It's, that's fine. I mean, I have no, I have no, I have no. Well, but the closer, you, I, the closer I can be to Michael B. Jordan in any way, I accept. But what makes you sue? Uh, uh, that's what I don't get here. Uh, I like Eric. Eric works as sue because he's the Invisible Man, where he doesn't watch the game and he'll just be here like and just make a couple okay, jokes okay, okay. and guess, eat his guess, energy bar. I guess. I guess. We can interchange. We can be interchangeable independently. Of but I would love to see what our listeners have to say. About okay. This. Yeah. Yeah. All it's right. out there. It's out well, there Well, so on the 55.1 podcast this week, we've got a draw. I didn't know that you actually could do this. You can you can play, finish the game with the same score, and you get a point. Right. That, that's just that? new. How about that? Uh, 
And so we're going to talk about that. We've got a bunch of good, the bad, and the weird kind of, uh, you know, random stuff because we've just been accumulating it. And then we've got Twitter questions. That's kind of the way we always work. But uh, why don't we listen to some big quarters? We'll come back and then uh, and then we'll go through the news. They just they walked Logan Morrison, so that the Twins are now leading on a walk, a four pitch walk with the bases loaded. That's amazing. Mirror, 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 baseball. Are you, are you gonna mirror, mirror. are you gonna watch the game the whole whole podcast, Alex? I'm not. I'm not watching the game. I'm getting updates. Don't worry about. It. Okay. All right. Back on the fifty five one podcast. Uh, hey guys, we're back, and um, let's start with the news. Alex, you've actually got a few news items you just want to kick off with, so. I think this first one is good, right? U.S. men's national team. Yeah, I got my very own uh, good, bad, and and uh, sort of what what the fuck. Um, I, I think the good is the U.S. youth movement. I mean, everyone has been screaming for the U.S. to get younger and you know hurry up already with getting the new generation in. And we've had uh, camps which have kind of done that, but this time it seems like Dave Sarek and the interim coach. Is going all in. I mean, there is like almost nobody on this team has any caps. I think the the cap leader on the team is uh, Joe Corona. So it's like <laughs> it is it is it is just all young new people. Uh, Keaton Parks, the the young midfielder from Benfica, he's called in for the first time. Um, obviously, Christian Pulisic is, is back. Um, Got Cameron Carter-Vickers, Eric Palmer-Brown, Matt Miazga, who's had a great season. Um, just Tim Weah who is back. Josh Sargent is back. I mean, really exciting, uh, exciting lineup. Weston McKinney, how did I forget? Um, this and, game's going to be in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, it's going to be in Philadelphia, and they're actually going to be uh, practicing at the University of Pennsylvania Fields, which is where they always practice when they come here. And so I'm going to be going. I have a media pass. I'm excited to... Uh, to, to get sort of an up close and personal glimpse of, of what's going on. Nice, cool, cool. Yeah. Um. What What's the date of the game? They're playing Bolivia. It is next Monday. It's um, okay. Memorial Day. Um. Next is the the bad. FC Dallas. Yeah. This. Well, this was. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this. This was actually. This is like. Probably could have been on last week's podcast, but I, I had to bring it up. Just in case anyone from Minnesota United is listening, don't do this. Um, FC Dallas hosted. They definitely the, don't listen to this game, this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Francisco Calvo does, but um, <laughs> FC Dallas was hosting the LA Galaxy. Obviously, the most important, most famous player on the field is Latan Ibrahimovic, and Dallas were selling LA Galaxy Ibrahimovic kits in their own club shop, which is like. I get why it happens, but what you 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 have no respect for your team and your fans if you're doing that. And Taylor yeah. Twelman just dragged them over that. I mean, that is so yeah. emblematic of of that club, which doesn't seem to have any idea. It's so stuck in you know. I hate. I know we hate this, but it, they're stuck in MLS 1.0. I mean, they have no new ideas and it's just all about oh Zlatan's in let's let's use the opposing team star player to market our team that's embarrassing I actually thought Alex you were gonna mention the more recent news also regarding Ibrahimovic that happened today just some hours ago can we we do a double yeah yeah yeah, yeah, talk about that that was really fun Yeah, today they played uh, who Montreal Impact. Montreal. Montreal. They beat Montreal Impact, but yeah, there was it was a it was basically a dead play, right? And he got his foot stepped on, perhaps, yeah, yeah. maybe. But then yeah, brought out the uh, the Taekwondo black belt with a <laughs> lovely little karate chop, like right across dude's neck. Yeah, it was like a Pablo Campos esque karate but chop, classic, but instead of being punched it. in the balls, he had just been stepped on. Yeah. yeah. But the classic part about it was that he then fell to right, and, right. And, I mean, oh, they're both rolling beautiful. on the ground. I love watching that stuff. That's so yeah, so he got his he got his red card out of here. But yet, you know, LA still beats Montreal. Yeah. Oh, Montreal are bad. Well, so, we'll talk yeah. about Montreal. I think at we'll the back end of this podcast, but 
So uh, then there's a WTF story, the the Sporting Lisbon thing. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't. You wrote this in the notes, and I have no idea. So hit me with this. This is this is kind of unbelievable. I mean, yeah, so it's ludicrous. I love Bas Dost because he's the simplest, most effective football player in the world. He's just this big, tall tree of a man, Dutchman, who just stands in the box and heads in your crosses. Um, and, and I think that he would be basically the perfect MLS player because, I mean, if you think about him on a team like Vancouver, like they just, he, he couldn't stop scoring. Um, anyway, he currently plays for, for Sporting Lisbon, and, uh, and, and they have not had, they've had a weird season, right? I mean, they're one of the top three teams in, in Portugal. Um, and they were on track to, well, they were in the Champions League. They, they, they fell out of the Champions League, and their club president like attacked the the team on social media. He suspended like 19 players uh, and the head coach. This was a few months ago. Um, and then sort of walked it back. He's, he's kind of a, a very like Trumpian figure. And then uh, a, uh, like a, a few weeks ago, um, they were playing a game in the league. The last game of the season, they had to win uh, to make Champions League. And they actually lost. So they, they fell into third place into the Europa League spots. And the net, like during the week that followed, they were preparing for the Portuguese Cup final. Uh, and like 50 masked ultras showed up at their training facility and just beat the players up and the coach up. And like Bastos, uh, my guy, had like a gash on his head. Uh, Freddie Montero, the who played with Seattle Sounders and and most recently Vancouver Whitecaps, he was one of the players attacked, and it's just I mean the players obviously, you know this talk that they're all basically going to leave. I can't blame them. Um, it's it they, they went on to lose that cup final um, to a very small team who were who would have been huge underdogs were it not for this attack. Um, it's just, it's it's wild, and it's no one really knows for sure, but it seems to have been sort of done with the tacit approval of this deranged club president, who is just mm-hmm. this m- m- like maniac who who just cannot, he can't shut up, he can't get. I mean, he's hurt. He's literally sending people to beat up players in his own team. It's, it's the like wildest sabotaging. It's yeah, unbelievable. That's- that is crazy. There's not that anybody really wants to see it, but there is cell phone video, and it's it's not pretty. It's Weird. just like that is. Wh- I, I, it, it, it's so unfathomable, and it's like, and then this 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 happened the same week that uh, Portuguese prosecutors, I think, unveiled a, a corruption case against high ranking ranking members of the club's board. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, and this is one of the three largest, proudest teams in the country. And they, yeah. they seem to be, I mean, I don't know who's going to want to play for them next season. And yeah. I don't know who on their on their board or their directors or whatever is going to be not in jail by that point. I mean, it just, it seems like things have fallen apart with unbelievable speed for that club. Well, I, I want to take us from there to a couple of good points. One is uh, here's a, a tweet from Steve Lilly. We've talked. We, he's been on this podcast before. Uh, a great Minnesota United fan, um, uh, you know, from England, from uh, Coventry, or at least Coventry's his hometown team. So I, I assume he's actually from there. I, I forget the story. More of the story is he says. So I'm off to Wembley for the Coventry City League Two playoff. Uh, what position should I be scouting for? Uh, I mean, the real part there is that we've mentioned on this podcast before, but I'll just say it again. Coventry, since the 1970s, have not finished in the top six of any league they've been in. That means they like they were in the top flight in the 70s. They've suffered three relegations since then and never even been in the playoffs. So now they're in the playoff final. He's going out there. It was like a $1,000 uh, airline ticket. So, like... I'm cheering for Coventry all the way. Steve is is one of the greatest guys I've met in Minnesota soccer. So, go Steve. Uh, that's good. Um, the other good is just Atlanta fans being sad. <laughs> oh my God, they are so sad and angry at the referees because all referees are evil who call things against them. 
they lost to the Red Bulls uh, 3-1 over like all, there were a bunch of controversial quote-end-quote uh, calls, all of which were correct, you know. <laughs> um, and seeing them flip out is literally like, I, I, it's like listening to Wonderwall for me, guys. You could <laughs> seriously do karaoke and read those uh, tweets in like or the post game you know Doug Roberson from the Atlanta newspaper had their the post game quotes from Brad Guzan and and uh Gonzalez Perez like you could like read those as the lyrics to Wonderwall and that that there's no you. greater joy in my life you. so i'm i'm happy there who, which who was the Red Bulls player that he put up two right i can't remember uh, Bradley 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 Phillips. Phillips. Oh, God, Bradley he Phillips, yeah. he looked phenomenal he's on great. mvp i mean he it's only a third of the way through the season but he he is like Far and away leading the MVP race. Yeah. He is something both, insane, like a goal and an assist. Right. Like I think less than in in less than ninety minutes this season. It's just yeah. wild. What positions should he be scouting for in Coventry? I mean, <laughs> I think the all, best answer was all. Right? Uh, yeah, I was the head coach. Well, I don't Coventry know. are League Two, so I don't know. I don't know where that lines up with regard point. to Minnesota. This, they've got to have some left wingers that we can accumulate. Hey. <laughs> uh, and actually, you know what? For the first time, I we'll talk about the game, but for the first time, I think we probably could use a few. Um, uh, I'll just I'll say this uh, one final thing. Uh, there was great, amazing, uh, stupid flag gate going on in, in Minnesota United. <laughs> Again. Uh, Again. I don't want to actually talk Again. about it. Uh, my, the thing that did annoy me is I'm standing in second row. Behind me are five dude bros. Who've, I think they've been behind me before. Whole time didn't sing, just complained about whatever songs were going on. And then the only song they wanted to sing was uh, they created new lyrics to Big Dick Bobby Shuttleworth. Oh my God. It was so fratty and so stupid. So I just want to say this um, there's a lot of different kinds of fans who listen to this. Don't do macho frat stuff at games, it is so stupid. And like, ugh. I, I did at one point turn around and be like, Dudes, and they kind of they calm down for a bit. Like, oh, it just big dick, Bobby. Oh, punch well, him in the face. Not su- really. Su- Figurative supporter drama is the most necessary oh. and important drama. It's not even so. the off season, man. <laughs> um, so that's all we got for the news. Unless anyone else has any. Uh, all right, uh, football show. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. You we want to make a plug this Saturday. What's going on this Saturday? Eric? Yeah, we have a new. Live call-in football show on KRSM 98.9 FM Minneapolis, the Minnesota football show, at MN Football, F-U-T-B-O-L show. That's the Twitter and the Facebook. Um, Everybody you're hearing here is involved in some way. Uh, We have... A partnership with the fifty-five-one crew. Yeah, I'll be on the show once my life calms down. <laughs> once your life calms <laughs> yeah. down, that's but right. But you got a lot of the Latino rock. Guys. We do Latino rock is involved as and well. It's, it's like it's like global where you've got uh, Uruguay, England, uh, you know, the U.S., Brazil, yeah. Peru. Lots, lots of people represented. Yep, we're definitely covering the World Cup. That's kind of the reason we wanted to launch at this point and get get a few in before June. But that's going to be a big focus. We'll look at Minnesota United stuff. We'll look at. Uh, local, national, international, and we're going to, because it's a call-in show, it's a little different than the podcast we're doing here, you know, we're going to have flexibility. So if, you know, a caller comes in, calls in and says, hey, I want to talk about Liga MX, there we go. We're Heath off. Heath out is what they're... Heath out. So, there might be a lot of... So, all right. So then, uh, what time on Saturday? It's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on okay. Saturday. And if I want to listen live, uh, you know, if I'm in Minneapolis, I can put it on my radio at 98.9 FM. But otherwise, it's online. Yep, the uh, the, the episodes will be basically uh, put up afterwards, kind of just like with the link, like we normally do. Oh, I can do okay, this. So too. right now we can't listen online live. Uh, no, you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there's an app. There's a, a KRSM app, and I think you can actually do it on KRSM dot org website as well okay yep. i'm gonna tweet this stuff out tomorrow if you remind me eric because you know yeah i'm gonna try to pull up really quick keep going you, Say yeah we'll we'll go to the break and you can you can plug it again anyway people oh. go follow it on twitter uh, it also has mn football show on facebook you can follow all that stuff the call-in number is this if you have if you want to call in and harass us 612-345-4161 yeah or just check it out you know they'll have that number on on that um I think this is going to be fun, very different from what we have existing. Uh, it's a small little radio station, but 
You know, because I don't get it in St. Paul, but I can at least put it online or on the app. So we're going to try to expand it, though. We'll get it. We'll get it. Uh, I mean, it'll be global very soon. So. <laughs> All right, let's take a take break. It over. We'll come back and do Minnesota United FC. Here we are on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, you know, it's good to be back with all of you guys. It's good to be back with listeners. Uh, you know, last week you we talked about my life going crazy because uh, we bought a bar. And so I'm like going full on with that. But Wait, the, we, we did? Well, yeah, we, yeah, all of you guys. Sweet. Awesome. Your new house is collateral. And also, <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, you just, you just moved. I mean, you were in. kind of midway-ish. Uh, but you just moved deeper into into Midway, just a few blocks from here. Congratulations on your Yay. house! Thank you. So uh, um, we there's uh, at the bar. We are already planning Peruvian days where there's going to be. I heard about that. Uh, there's going to be like potluck. Uh, if you yeah, we're going to be open for the World Cup. I think unless like things go crazy, which they still I don't know. Oh, My life some... is dying, but. Twitter might hate me for that day, though. Dia do Brasil. Wee, 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 wee. Brazil days. Yeah. Well, here we go. Minnesota United won. Sporting Kansas City won. Mm. Um, you get a point. The, yeah. the main, main differences for lineups were you've got Ibsen out. Right. And uh, that's the only real difference, right? Anybody miss him? Um, I mean, that's a question we can ask. Yeah. Colin Martin comes in in his stead. Uh, and Minnesota United come out. And fifth minute, boom, they get a goal. It looked pretty, too. Miguel Ibarra gets this fantastic cross in, but Christian's barely offside. And it was a correct call, as much as it pains me to say. <coughs> but It was close. It was really close. And also, at first, I thought um, Beisler made a play on the ball, and that would have put him back onside, but it was not a direct... He, he did not make a deliberate attempt to play the ball it just yeah. bounced off him yeah we've and, learned a lesson on that front but i think that that rule is still stupid i think it's the worst one of the worst new rules but um and then just a few minutes later in in you know as we're coming down from the 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 depression of, of not having scored um calvo gets beat it, this was a set piece right no it was a corner it was a corner yeah, yeah. with the with the, with the, with the scottish uh johnny russell kicking the corner yeah and uh, Calvo, 5'11 Calvo, is marking six foot three. Kyrie Shelton. Shelton. Uh, Big dude. We only have one player, I think, starting over six foot, by the way. That's Boxall. Right? Yeah. Boxall. Maybe Bobby Shuttleworth is, but doesn't, doesn't really count, count in this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Calvo gets beat. It is kind of mostly his fault, but this I think is it's tough. just that he just... I think he, it's, it's tough to really... I mean, in terms of like goals, these things happen... I don't think he was strong enough on it. Maybe. Uh, I think he I, gets pushed yeah. away, but it's if hard had, to really be mad about him. If you had told and Calvo, Calvo like, you know, he's going to score on this play unless you do something, then I think he's more physical with him. But, you, you know, you, you, you can only get so physical with someone when you're risking, risking committing a penalty. And yeah. I, think he, I think he was... Of, of all of the mistakes that our defenders yeah. have made this year, this was one of the least problematic to me. Um, and it yeah. wouldn't have been a big deal, and we wouldn't be complaining about it. We wouldn't be highlighting it if it weren't for all yeah. the other ones. And it just, you know, yeah. this, this, was, this was a really good set piece. Uh, it came in an, a, at a very nice angle. Shelton met it at basically the highest possible point he could yeah. have. I think it was too up. close to the near yeah. post. I don't think Shuttleworth could have gone get it, gotten it. Um, Calvo, you know, you could argue was, you know, not physical enough. He maybe he should have been a little more goal side of his man. He should have beaten his man to the ball more. I think that those are, you know, I think that there are center backs in the league who don't get beat like that. But I also think that Calvo has a tough assignment there, and I think that it was just a very good play by Sporting. Yeah, I don't. You had Boxall on Icopara, who was probably the most dangerous header threat because Kyrie Shelton right. couldn't like buy a goal, and then we, you know, gave him a coupon. Yeah. We gave him a coupon. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't a bogo. Uh, you know, so that goes on. 
And then, uh, you know, Minnesota Minnesota continued to attack through Ibarra, and golly, Ibarra was on fire. And in the 20th minute, his cross, well, I mean, it, it is, so uh, Quintero sets him up for it, and then he makes a run, and his cross is so friggin' perfect. Um, it curves and loop, loops over Christian, who's covered at the near post. And it Great finds, near post run, by it, the way. And it, yeah, and it finds Quintero, who's run, and whoever was marking Quintero stopped running, just gave Eli, up. Ely Sanchez. Ely, okay. And then, you couldn't uh, see him. He's so small. And then Quintero <laughs> uh, shoots. It's saved, and he ease the ball in. It, Without I, his tie. It was... Muay Thai. I mean, Minnesota in the past have not been good at crosses. Crosses in general are a low, pro, you know... Um, Low percentage, uh, but we like low percentage in this club. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of for all for all attacks, it's low percentage in terms of leading to a goal. But Minnesota has never been particularly good at it. We've never had good crossers. Miguel has never been a good crosser. He's been all right, yeah. but not not like particularly good. But this season, it he he had another one later in the first half that no one was running for, and it was perfect yep. and could have been. Oh, well, it, previously the, the place previous the the build up to that goal was uh, Quintero uh, trying to drive up that right side and the ball kept going out and kept mm-hmm. going out. But previously to that play, uh, Ibarra had made another cross looking for Quintero, and then the goalie just snatched it out. So yeah. like it, it, it's nice yeah. to be able to see them looking for each other and, and, yeah. and having that kind of connection of, of idea. Wish we could say the same thing for Alexi, but that's uh, that's yeah. a whole different story. I, I don't have too much. I don't have any other uh, much game note specific events other than what was it twenty six shots to R six or something. Well, the, um, the game pivoted on a really good substitution by Peter Vermees. Yep. Um, I mean, he you know Ibarra was destroying Jimmy Madranda, their left back. Very much in like the e- way he destroyed Igor Julia's career yeah, last year, giving him the Igor treatment. And um, <laughs> where is Igor Hermes, now? Just crying on a street corner in San Diego. He got cut soon like after that. that. Um, yeah, he's I mean, and out. so Vermees, having learned his lesson, didn't hesitate. He replaced Madrona with Sasanovic, who is not a leading light in the attacking side of the field, but is a very diligent and good defender. Yeah, he shut and him down. It changed. Ibarra got nothing done after that, and. Because Ibarra, I mean, it, it, what, ha- what needed to happen when Sinovic came in was that someone else in the attack had to sort of carry the load. And, at, you know, coming out of halftime, you would think that maybe the loons would have adjusted. They would have seen what was going on. That didn't happen. I mean, there was no one who either stepped up or was capable of stepping up or whatever who, you know, could, could come in and, and make a difference in the attacking side. So, so let me ask this question to you guys. Um, it was very obvious to me in the 55th to 60 minute range that um, Sporting KC were dominant on the ball. They were they were the second half. It was like we can see this coming. This is bad news. We didn't get a change until later. And I know that people are always like, "Oh, use your subs." Do we have attacking subs that can make a difference? We brought in eventually Abu Dinladi for Alexi. Gomez, right? I'm yeah. trying to remember yeah, all the right. subs. Yeah, it was Gomez. Yeah. Um, you know, but we we don't have a friend's Pengop, right? We have to, you could put Toy in for Christian, but Christian was was doing all right, so it, it didn't make Christian's sense. Better to than me. Toy, so yeah. And and so as I was watching it, I was really annoyed that something wasn't changing. Uh, my first thoughts were, this is going to be a question, to you guys, but. My first thoughts were you could go, you could fill up the midfield again, go to that four three three, right? So mm-hmm. you could take Gomez off, put Quintero on the side, and put Maximiano in. The other option was put Dunlady in. I would have put him up top, but they put him in on, on the right wing. What kind of changes could we have made? I mean, is it fair? Was Heath just doing the best with what he could? What could have happened to, to make this game better? Because we survived, but barely. I think that, what, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, Dunlady, maybe we'll talk about Dunlady, but I thought he played really well when he came in. Um, I think that you, you could have an argument that we should have gone to the 4-3-3 first and seen if we could have sort of wrested more control of the game back from Sporting. 
And if that proved not to be the case, then you sub in Dunlady and you you sort of get back to the four four two. So so you could make a. I think you could have switched the order of the first two subs that we made. Um, I, but I do, But you're right. I mean, we we do not have a. We don't have a game changer. We don't have a change of pace that we can really bring on in the attack. Um, uh, which is funny because we've been constantly signing attacking players for the past year, but it's that is the, yeah that's kind of how we are right now. I, th- I think that maybe Dunlady, as he gets back to full fitness and gets more in form, could be that player. Again, I, I liked how he played on Sunday, but um, yeah, I mean you 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 point out something that's absolutely true. I think. Hey, Alex. So. In, in your theoretical four three three, there would you would that does that include Martin then in the midfield or who are you yeah, thinking? Yeah, you you would you would you would um, remove Gomez for Maximiano. Uh, see if you cannot gain a little more control of the ball Just and control of the game. The and if that doesn't work, then you're replacing Martin with with um, with Dunlady. I mean, what actually happened was Dunlady came in for Gomez and Maximiano came in later for uh, for for Martin. I'm just I'm 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 agreeing with Wes. I think he makes a good point. Basically, that you could you could just flip those subs and you potentially you you know you see for five minutes you know if by adding a third midfielder can we stop can we sort of break up the game and make it so that we're not just bunkering and, and countering. And it is a bummer for the team that like if we had the options of Molino, Finley, in with all these guys, yeah. this team would be a lot better. Um, and so that is kind of a little frustrating. Well, it'd be I wanna, different. Uh, Rodrigo, I'll throw to you. There's two guys I want to talk about, and you can see in my notes what I want to say about them. But uh, Alexi Gomez oh, God. and Michael Bo- uh, Boxall. So you've got to talk about both of them because this is the Rodrigo uh, <laughs> section. The, anytime we talk about these two. So Alexi, he was bad, right? He was. He's just been ineffective over the last couple of games. Like I don't know. Ever since the LAFC game, he's not been... He wasn't very good in that game either. But I mean, this game, he was bad, and I like I literally yeah, wrote was, in my he was notes. Giving away passes at the middle of the field, he wasn't he wasn't run, making runs into open space. He was he, he's he's a player who likes to get the ball fed to him, and I, I I just I'm not the biggest fan of a of a player who works that way in that sense, and I think um, I think. Uh, I don't know. He 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 does. He shies away from being at least in that, at least this game. He wasn't so connected with Quintero as much as Machina before. And we know how effective he can be with Quintero. Yeah. He seemed isolated. Yeah. And yeah. then the thing is, Dunlady was was looking for Quintero the whole time when he came in. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the are, are the are the Randy Randy Moss ratios that we're looking for. Yeah. You know, get Quintero the ball to make sure that he does that. But Quintero also needs to shoot. Yeah. Well, and that's the opposite with with Alexi, right? He gets isolated and then he shoots, and it's he basically coming stop at him. Yeah, as I yeah. say, it's, he's shooting at the supporters every time. Yeah. And right. Right. I, so, so I'm pretty sure we're gonna, there's people out there who wish we had uh, well, Sammy back just for that reason. So. But I also thought Gomez, like, there was one point where they were attacking the supporters' end, and um, it was a break. I think I wrote this down somewhere. Let me try to find it in my notes. There was a break, and uh, it was like four on two in the 25th minute. Four on two or three, I forget. And Alexi Gomez, so Ibarra's got the ball. Alexi Gomez all the way on the far wing, and he's running straight. And he's not running anywhere toward the goal. He wasn't running toward the far post. And, the you know, Ibarra ended up trying to pick out Christian in the middle and it not going there. But he's not making an attacking, dangerous run. He's just running straight, hoping the ball gets crossed to him so he can cross again. And it was just, it was not effective. And I, and I also wrote in our notes... That I I was I wrote Gomez was bad and then like ten minutes later I was still watching making notes and I was like gonna write the same thing I was literally gonna write the same thing I was like oh I I just wrote that ten minutes ago yeah he's he's not been as as effective as he was at least the last first couple of games so I, I mean I mean Boxel I mean I have to admit he has been much better Booyaka! than uh, I expected him but also at the same time um, um, I think that. I really like the pairing of Coleman and Boxel out there. 
Um, I think that we only got to see it for five minutes. But. Yeah, but we did. But that was that was that was a, a it gives I don't know it just it just it just gives I think it gives Cabo more more freedom to be able to do what he wants to do. Which yeah. Is, be more involved in the offense. That leads be into more a, of that defensive. Well, he's he's not he's still not a um a, what what we would say a number six, right? He's no, not he's a defensive not. player, so he's not the answer to that question. But he does have, if you can get two players, maybe Maximiano and him, Schuler and him, maybe it's not him and Ibsen. Him and Ibsen, not gonna pair that way. But he wants to go forward. But he does have his best role is picking out passes, right? right he's right. really good. At, he has great vision. He's, he's really good he's on the ball. When it comes to the ball, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this has been like since he came, and, and it was just like you know last year, like oh well, could he move to the left? Could he move to the defensive midfield? He's he's not winning at, at center back, and so he we did see him for five minutes in midfield. And do pretty well, you know. He had that beautiful little spin move yeah. that did that ended up going nowhere. But um, I, I think memes, West, lots of memes. But if you have if you have him and Schuler, and they're pretty good at distribution, you, so let's take Ibsen out of this. You no longer have the the killer ball great distributor, so you're missing that. But you do have you do have Quintero, so I think that you could do something like that. And I think we only have maybe one game left with him, right, before yeah, he goes this, off to the... this one, this weekend. So this weekend uh, we play who at home? Uh, Montreal. 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 Oh, perfect chance. Terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Just Adam Braz garbage. Um, put, give him a try. You, can't, you cannot bench Calvo. We've said that on this podcast before. He's going to the World Cup. You need him to play. He's also your captain. You can't bench him. Move him up there. Give it a try because you're, then you're giving Coleman and Boxall a chance to play together before the before Calvo goes off and for the exit. And you're you're not you're letting Calvo save face. I think you're doing Calvo a favor by letting him uh, play well. Sure, you're playing him out of the position he's going to play at the World Cup, but he's probably going to play left back anyway. I don't know. I think this weekend is the perfect chance to do it. You're at home against a crappy team. Ibsen might be injured, right? Still, it's it sounded like his possibility was was positive. Let's yeah, say of he's going to be injured, though. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't disagree, man. I, love I dig it. it. I dig it. I, that's, so, I think I, that's the right idea. I, I think just it's just you just have more flexibility with with that. I mean, two things. You know, uh, before Schuler got got injured, you know, like I said a couple of podcasts ago, if this is the Schuler that we get for the rest of the season. Then he's you know he he's doing pretty good and he he hasn't he hasn't been as terrible as as, as we've seen him do so he's been doing okay he's been doing all right I think um, I feel like he had a rough start but he's got yeah, it together but he's but you know but he battles in that midfield and I, he, I, he can pass the yeah. ball and so yeah. I, I get that and as long as he doesn't be making those crucial mistakes or those Colin Martin mistakes that could have cost us could have cost us a goal um, but at the same time I think you know. Miller is just um he's been solid. He's been very solid. We don't we don't we don't see a lot of name name calling for him, so that's exactly what you want out of out of a defensive player. Yeah. Someone who just shows up, does their job and does it well. So I yep. think the more that defensive line Tison looked decent this game too. Yes he did, yep. yeah. He's been he's been looking decent so. as well too. I mean so it's been, Well it's and, been, let, and let's see what happens for maybe at the very least a half of the the common box right. combo, I just, I I think. just don't know how yeah. how your guy Maxi is, is is doing. Okay, so let's <laughs> pump the brakes on Calvo just a little bit. First <laughs> no, of all, Alex. No First of all, we just had at a good, home, though. at home against a bad team, what you could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, let's let's experiment in a must-win game against Montreal. <laughs> Every game's a must-win game. Listen, okay. First of all, Calvo <laughs> works on FIFA. 18. Calvo was Calvo was fine as a midfielder, but the Loons were playing a bunker. And we know, the one thing we know about this team is that they can, like, if they have a result, if they have their claws into a result late in this game, they'll hold on to it. We've seen that time and time again against Vancouver, against Orlando, against Chicago, against Kansas City. Uh, You know, they have done very well at holding on to leads late because they can play with eight men behind the ball and keep the ball out of the net. They've done well at that. I think that I think that with Calvo, you as a defensive midfielder, you are risking the same kind of thing that 
is, is the reason why players like Schuller and Martin and especially Ibsen are not effective defensive midfielders because they are too often out of position. I like Calvo's ability to challenge in the midfield. I'm worried that he does the exact same thing that Ibsen does, where he's stepping up on people and leaving huge gaps uh, in the defense. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not... In, I've written this a lot of times. I would put Calvo on the bench because I think that you absolutely have to send a message that no player on the team is immune from benching. And I think it's a crazy thing to not send that message. But as for Calvo's best position, I mean, the the problem with for Minnesota is that where he plays for Costa Rica is as a left-sided center back in a three-man back line. He doesn't play as a left back. He doesn't play as a center back in in a four-man back line. So his best position is in a formation that we do not play. And if you are, I mean, if you're absolutely committed to getting him on the field, I guess you could try to play him as a defensive midfielder. You know, there was some talk at post game that Tieson picked up a, a small injury in this one. No. Maybe he's not ready to go next week. So maybe instead of Manly, you put Calvo at left back. I mean, there are things to try, but I just, I think we need to, I'm, I don't want to like keep trying to make Calvo happen and like screwing up the rest of the, of, of, of the field and the rest of the formation. So I think that you need to just sort of accept that he is making mistakes and put him on the bench for a couple of He's not going to be benched. Alex. I know this. Yeah. Everyone in this room hates you for saying that. I was <laughs> kidding. No, I, I think I think you may have something there. I think that he still is more talented than a lot of the players out there. And I think that also you're not welcome at Minnesota United uh, media time anymore. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> no media scrum for you! Uh, so, all right, well, let's... But, let, but, but back to what Alex said. I mean, I don't... Okay. I don't, I don't Respect! Think, at least I haven't, I haven't said not... Not to play. I mean, we've all called, we've all called to him for him to be be benched, to be quite accountable. Which I think I think so. I, I just think yeah. that I think that literally you cannot do it with the World Cup. Well, especially if, if the World Cup knowing this there, is going to be his last yes, game before he leaves. Yeah, they're I, not gonna I, do I agree anything. that he should you be. Can, but it's not. They're not going to strategically. Yeah. Worth doing it. Yeah. yeah. It only backfires. But um, anyway, so Bobby Shuttleworth was great. We didn't oh. give him enough credit. Yeah, he, has mean, he been in Team of the Week three weeks in a row? Is that, almost, yeah, again this week. So. Yeah. Um, uh, you he know, nine saves, I believe, and yeah, just give, some give spectacular Give him some, some love there. Uh, um, we, we kind of hit uh, just about everyone else. Um, uh, Quintero and, and Christian, I guess, are the two we didn't talk about, but they did. Oh, that, you know, that, that backfield flick that. Uh, that uh, oh, Ramirez so said, which pretty. Can tell all he needs to do is just keep running. Yeah, just so pretty. That would have been that, yeah. that's that's the connection that we yeah. That the and, more they keep playing together, yeah. the more the and again, is going to be. you know, we were ta- I was listening to Extra Time Radio this week, and they were talking about Sebastian Blanco for Portland Timbers and how he was terrible last year. Now he's great. That's what happens with foreign players, right? It takes them a long time to bed in with the team, and I do think we have to like. We have to, you know, we give the team so much crap about player acquisition. Darwin Quintero has been lights out, probably the best acquisition we've ever made. Yeah. You know, it, you it, it, it was it was the biggest uh, risk, right? Most money, et cetera, and he's biggest worked payoff. out so far. Yeah, so good, good for them, and and good for Quintero. He he looks really good. Although I said this last week, I'll say this again every week. 70th minute, he needs to be subbed out. He stops yep. playing, and the problem is we don't have anyone better to put in there. Yeah. But he's he's either not fit or you know maybe he's just a 70 minute player. Uh, but he's he's not useful after the 70th minute. For, that's, Go ahead. That's I, 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 let me just say that I think that he had a good game, and and you, until basically about that time, you're, I mean you're absolutely right. The loons had several opportunities late in the game where he had the ball in space driving at the defense and he lost every single battle to Ike Opara or Roger Espinosa or Matt Beasler. And all we needed was for him to win one. All we needed was for him to get on goal once. And he couldn't, he what he didn't have the gas or the tricks or whatever it was, but he, and, and Sporting Kansas City's defenders are very good, but he, 
you know, that's why he's being paid the big money is to provide that one moment of magic. And he has done that this year. Obviously, he scored in this game. I don't, you know, I'm not saying he should be on the bench or anything, but I was a little bit disappointed with, with him this past game because yes, that's are. when that's when you need him to, to really step up. I was just going to add for with uh, Maximiano for as crap as he was, and he was pretty crappy. Um, Maximiano or Alexi Gomez? Maximiano. Oh, I didn't think it was that. Well, what okay. I was going to say okay. was he the, he did have one moment where there. Well, I mean, man, he came on the pitch and like a minute later he was yellow carded. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> ugly. Brazilian, his man. Was, his best play was when the ball hit him in the head. That yeah. was yeah, that was nasty yeah. too. But a little bit later, he actually broke up a. a there was like a determined attack, three on two, I think it was. They were pushing hard, and he just shut it down, stole the ball, calm, calmly yeah. weave, weave through a couple guys, passed it off to maybe Quintero, I can't remember. But, I mean, he just I mean, destroyed he was, the play. He was running and he had, the field on a counterattack, and that was nice to, nice that to was be nice able to see. That was nice to see, too. But so was Calvo. But, 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 but other than those couple kind of moments, right. I thought he was pretty yeah, he runs quiet. Yeah, so, Go ahead, you know, Alex. He, he, I love watching him run. Um, he's got these sort of big loping strides, and he closes with players faster mm-hmm. than anyone on the loons. That's a good like, point too. And and it, what's kind of funny is often he sort of closes t- too fast and just trucks the dude. <laughs> They've like passed the ball, and he arrives late and just upends them. That's what that's I remember from his, the LA game. Like he scares kind of his trademarks in the LA game. Like, yeah, he would he would start running, and people would just like back the hell off and be like, "Oh shit, we don't want to mess with this right. guy." <laughs> he's when he he's like a heat seeking missile. He comes in and he he will finish the job. Uh, it's yeah. it's. It's kind of a walking red card, but I enjoy watching him run. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. um, let's call call time on on this part and come back, and we've got some Twitter questions. This yellow card though was a was a professional yellow card. He yeah. Were, they, they were they were making they were making an attacking move, and he saw an opportunity that he was in. And he just pulled him. No, I mean so that was that was a good yellow card, but just I just wish maybe they they like. How long was he in? Like, was it 15 minutes? It didn't seem like it was that. Yeah, he, I, he had I, another. I, go ahead. So sorry, he had another tackle. Which, if he hadn't previously been yellow carded, he would have gotten a yellow card for that one. Uh, that's, that one. That one was scary. So see, he hasn't played a full 90 minutes, so I don't quite know. But right. I, I cannot figure out if he is if he is truly like a like a Tony Chani esque walking red card, or if he is like Diego Chara, like constantly hovering on the line. We'll, we'll never get a red card because he's too savvy for it, but we'll guarantee to get a yellow card every game. I can't quite figure it out. I'm, I kind of want to find out. I mean, if he if he keeps striking fear in the opposition, I'm okay with that, as long as he oh, doesn't get red cards. Boxel card. and, uh, oh, who was it? Um... Oh, with the whole push shove thing, that was the guy who ran into him. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. first he pushed uh, uh, him. Uh, yeah, shallowy. Yeah, shallow. Yeah. Oh, that one he too. Yeah. Him, and then he just like leaned into him, you know, and then he just like it was, it was, it was, it was. Dude, boxes, was yeah. boxes of walls. That was funny, guys, dude. But another Boxel thing too went is to that like um, offered him his hand to yeah, let him get up, and he didn't take it. I'm gonna walk away. But the 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 walk away. The thing Amazing. that we need to they need to acknowledge, at least I'll acknowledge, is um, Johnny Russell wasn't as the Johnny Russell that we're used to seeing scoring as much as he as he has been. So I mean that was that was a credit to whoever was that that, that was that had that assignment that he wasn't as effective yeah. as he as he could. Was that T.S. Song? Might have been T.S. Uh, song. Yeah, I think it was Jerry. But who else is the other? Uh, uh, might have been T.S. Song. Yeah. Or Miller. Uh, one of yeah, them. either one of those two, a mix of whoever, whoever decided he was going on. But that was that was interesting because that, that's the thing that's scaring me the most was just watching him run with the ball and do crazy things with the ball. But guys, we already broke for break and then you like, kept <laughs> on talking. Kept about it. So I'll keep that section, even though. And now we'll come back uh, <laughs> to the fifty-five-one podcast. Uh, Twitter questions. I got a couple of emails, and I always forget to do this. You can send me emails that I'll try to save for this and put in our notes. Um, Westberdine at 55.1. At Francisco Cal... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, let's do that. <laughs> just don't email so Jake, me, So Jake Hemish says, you know, just got done listening to the pod this week. You guys were talking about 
how we needed to add depth. Isn't that what the front office was trying to sell us on all off season? That we were adding depth. I think it's a tell when Adrian is hesitant to go to use his subs. You know, we talked about that because yeah. of a lack of depth. When do we hold Manny and Amos responsible? Would love to, you know, et cetera. Okay, we had two starting players blow out their ACLs. Like, yeah, come on. So, so yeah, th- this this question is very different. If if we had, you know, we're talking about Quintero coming out in the seventieth, and you've got Molino coming in off the bench, right? Or you know, Gomez uh, is actually fighting for a spot rather than kind of getting. He, he got yeah, he got handy default. Default. He's not really earned this. Yeah. Spot, I think. Um, basically because Nicholson uh, was uh, sent sent to Colorado. So um, I think, yeah, you know, and, and Mears was injured, so we had to get Miller, uh, you know. <coughs> but That wasn't such a bad thing, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked, I thought Mears is okay. But, yeah, yes, we should have more depth. But, um, look, if we have, if Finley and Molino can come back looking good, you make a couple more additions around the team. I think some of the depth signings were bad. Uh, I don't know why we signed the whoever the Cameroonian center back is. I can't. Aluindi, mm. um, Harrison Heath. You know, uh, you know, a couple of these guys where it's just like, come on, what, 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 what are we doing here? Um, but I, you know, I don't think it's time yet to kind of throw blame on the acquisition team because. Look, Miller's been a good acquisition. Quintero's been a good acquisition. Um, we do have an okay team. I think the uh, team has been great picking in the draft two years in a row, personally. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see in a couple of years, maybe. Dunlady, you know, was a big risk because of his injuries, and he's been, I think, good. He's been better than most yeah. top ten, other than Julian Gressel. Um, Andrew Martin sends this uh, kind of longer email. Says uh, um, he says great and positive things. So thank you for that, Andrew. He says I don't have Twitter. Had it once. Don't want it again. <laughs> blah blah blah. Smart man. So he you know you can send your questions in this way. Um, good for you, Andrew. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the academy? Why do the kids have to pay? Will that change? Does the team find it in their interest to have a full academy? Will the academy be based out of the new stadium? Will they be in Blaine, etc.? I'll enter a bit of this. Rodrigo, you're probably the best, uh, you know, youth soccer. Well, you're the only youth soccer expert on this podcast. So I was just given the position. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say, I'll say generally um, about the academy. Um, the academies are expensive, and the team needs to find a way to pay for it, and people do that in different ways. Sometimes it's pay-to-play, like we do. Um, sometimes it is paid through external sponsors, I'm told, like Vancouver does this. Uh, other times the team just absorbs the cost and, and spends it. I find that personally to be the best way because I love when people spend their rich money. But, um, you know, in terms of a full academy, the answer to that part is um, they did this kind of, we'll start two years in the beginning and then we'll add another year the next year they did that mainly because they tried to launch the Minnesota Thunder Academy back in the day when the Thunder happened. It, you know, because of all the stupid politics around youth soccer, it like pissed everyone off. It was a disaster. And largely this was done this way to like try to not alienate all the youth <coughs> soccer people who they want to buy tickets and come to games. And they also want their players and stuff. So they just did it like slowly but um, thunder academy still exists it does that's true so that's true. i don't i don't know if you have any thoughts rodrigo on the on the academy i mean i think most of all i think um you know with the situation that this country is in regards to soccer there's always been that that driving force of the who who is it accessible to you know the training and all the other stuff who is it really accessible to? so so do do i like pay to play no i don't i don't usually I'm a big fan of it, but do I understand it in a situation that 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 the club has to approach it this way? I do, but uh, my hope isn't by year three there'll be less and less, or I don't even know if they offer scholarships or anything like that. I'm, I'm yeah, they do offer scholarships. Okay, so yeah, there's yeah. a scholarship actually, or maybe there will be uh, once. I think I think the key is once Allianz Field is set um, and, and ready to go, there might be more people, more 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 rich people. 
willing to open up their pockets to uh, be involved with the club in some way. And some of those can be through the academy uh, and uh, make it more accessible and also expand it to more um, than just uh, one gender at the moment. So. And the team also, at that point, once Alliance Fields open, money actually might be coming in rather than continually writing might, checks. Might, 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 yes. And so, um, yeah, you know... Uh, that, that's Andrew. Those are really good questions. I think there's a yes, lot keep about it, keep the academy. Really I don't. Question, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I can also track. I'm. We can also track Tim Carter down someday. Because I wonder um, if there's a possibility. Is uh, maybe this is for Rodrigo. Is there an, a way to coalesce and like streamline the two and the Thunder and United becoming one? <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, Thunder Academy no. is is its own own thing and. And you already have you have you have these pretty big you know we talked about because um, they play uh, each other Woodbury right Woodbury and Rev right. uh, Woodbury and um, did the merger. mergers there's there's we, a we lot of like just played the Rev tournament this weekend so yeah. that was interesting because there was a time where like we were watching a game where there was a Woodbury team played and the Dakota Rev team were like what's that gonna look like well and that's what, what I'm world, thinking too so. like the Thunder Academy plays Minnesota United Academy which is kind of surreal yeah. Yeah, and so there's just there are a lot of like little these magnet clubs uh, that you know, and then there's the Eclipse one or something that. Oh yeah, that's the that, um, Pablo, Pablo Campos. Campos yeah, that uh, didn't sit too well too much in the youth. Yeah, youth, yeah, youth, I think youth, yeah. Youth Again, world, so. it's like all this youth soccer politics that I know nothing about, thankfully. Um, Left Shark with the good hair says Calvo. It's uh, no, we talked about, about Calvo at six. Okay, sorry. Um, as Bill sure Bill Stenros, uh, let, let me just ask this question. What has Heath gotten right this year, in your opinion? Uh, keeper change. Okay. So adjusting? And yeah, get Lampson out and uh, Shuttleworth back in. And and Shuttleworth, it seems like maybe was out because he had some vertigo problem or something in preseason. So. Dude, that's Sheaf, what, you, what is his involvement with like, the signing of like, Quintero and all that other stuff? He... And mail and that my so here's my impression, and and again, like I haven't asked. It's my impression that now Heath has a much, much louder voice on who they sign. He also ha- has a big network. He's a, he's well known around the world, right. and so he can kind of draw on things and help get signings to happen. Um, so he uh, signings are not Manny picking out people and signing them. Uh, it, there's a, there's a, you know, Adrian is involved with those decisions. So Adrian has a list, gives it to Manny, Manny, and says, Manny, can you make this happen? And then, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably more a, a broader conversation. People coming with targets so saying, so then do we give him partial credit for these two signings? Then, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know who. Yeah, I mean, yes, the technical staff in general should get credit for that. Yeah. Okay, so then, then yeah, then I would say the keeper change and the, at least Miller and Quintero has been. Have been, yeah. have been good signings yeah. enough to be able to make changes. Yeah. Um, Sheaf, do you have any uh, positives about Heath? That's my answer, too. I, th- I mean, I think they did a really good job in the draft. I think they have pulled pretty good player acquisitions. I think that the problem with the player acquisitions has sort of been a lack of ambition, but, you know, value, what Manny always talks about, value, I think they've done well. They've gotten good value. Um, let's uh, let's just go to Steve Lindley. He says Quintero is amazing, but it also feels like he gives up walks a lot when he's not in possession. Is this normal, or does it just look weird next to Ibarra's constant movement? Normal. I think he's a he's yeah. a player that needs to be fed the ball, right? I mean, he comes through the ball. He's looking to get the ball. Once he gets once he gets into the ball, he turns on the Jets and tries to do something something creative. Yeah. Try to create offense. Uh, I see that as as just the way that he is. The way that he functions, it does make it hard to press well. Exactly, because Christian right. is not very good at pressing. And this was we talked about this at the beginning of the season with Molino, right? Molino is very is very similar, and it's hard to press if you've got two of your attacking players who aren't participating in that pl- press. No, I totally agree. I just wish we'd get the Quintero that in the first couple of games that was actually in the box who shoot the ball. Yeah, I don't think he's you know shot the ball. Last goal that he scored was you know off his thigh. So yeah, I mean, use his head, but you know, I just I just like to see more of an, an, an offensive threat coming from him. Uh, let's call it, let's call it a day. This weekend, uh, Minnesota United on Saturday they're gonna it's a night game finally, right? Yes, I Montreal can make it. Impact. 
<laughs> Montreal Impact, uh, for those who are uh, kind of new to Minnesota United, we have a long, long, amazing history of playing Montreal Impact and them going batshit crazy. Bat- <laughs> they are owned by Joey, Joey Saputo, who is a crazy man. And they had this player named Adam Braz, who still, he's now like their tech, he's basically their Amos, I believe. And he, <laughs> it goes crazy, right? And so Bruce he's McGuire. also a crazy man. Bruce McGuire would like talk about how, you know, basically they would just taunt him. This is a little bit before my day. Adam had uh, retired before I came to watch the team. And they would just taunt him and he would get a red card almost every time. And there's one time where the, the national anthem is dumb, done and like one guy just yells out, two minutes to meltdown, Adam Braz. <laughs> and then like five minutes into the game, Adam Braz gets a red card. So they are crazy people. It's just always been a team of pure insanity. So they come, they have one of my favorite players in MLS, uh, Ignacio Piatti, um, but they're also terrible right now. And so it's going to be good times. All right, Alex, take it away. Yeah, I don't know. They look <laughs> a lot like San Jose to me. I'm worried. <laughs> I am yeah, too. You should be, but at the same time, it, it might be beautiful. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Alex. Welcome back. And uh, um, Rodrigo, Eric, thank you. Uh, everyone, you let us know. You let us know which uh, uh, Fantastic Four people we are. Um, mostly, we're probably just like some lame version of superheroes. Someone should just super. I am Groot! Yeah, yeah, we're all just Groot. Uh, all right, thanks, everyone. We'll see you soon.